And welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. This is episode 25, entitled, I Quit Assumptions. Woohoo! This is our third um, third episode in the series, I Quit. I Quit. We're talking about like spring cleaning for your soul, things to stop. So if you haven't listened to week one and two, um, which would be episode 23 and 24, check those out. Uh, I think it's it's helpful. Yeah. I'm excited about I Quit Assumptions. Yeah, it's good. I you, We were talking about it last night, and I don't know. You have some really good stuff today. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'm your say. cheerleader. Thank you. How are you feeling? I'm good. Well, we are, we're on episode <laughs> 25, which means this is week 24. So almost at 25, yeah. So I'm, I was telling Pete yesterday, we were on a walk, and I was like, it's so weird my like the weeks of my pregnancy align with the episode numbers um hopefully we don't go past 40 episodes and we're still talking about me being pregnant but um yeah so i feel good i you know i like i've said i've got past that um slump of like the first trimester where you feel Mm -hmm. like a zombie and um now i'm like i feel pretty normal but i'm starting to get like a little uncomfortable like yeah. i can't bend over super comfortably and sleeping is kind I of sleeping you now sure. have i think it's four pillows three that, three three that she three. organizes around her body in different forms yeah in order to get comfortable it's it's a mess and a half i know there's like really cool pillows that are like shaped like a big u oh yeah. i need it but the other day i woke up and you like had two pillows like over your head and one behind your back and i'm yeah. like wow i know it's a glamorous Do we life need to get you more pillows no Are you okay. being how about uh cravings we i we might have mentioned this one other time but uh, cravings interest me especially with you because you haven't correct me if i'm wrong had any specific like oh my gosh i have to have mexican every day Yours has been the way you describe it to me is more of a sight thing. So, like, if we're in a grocery store <laughs> and you see Oreos, it's like the <laughs> thought in your mind is, "I need to crush those Oreos." Oh yeah, it's it's a see and crave type thing, which is actually super dangerous, and you shouldn't let mm-hmm. me go, go to Kroger by myself. But no, I um, love it because we're like walking down an aisle together, and we're just like, and all of a sudden, I look over to say something to you, and you're gone. <laughs> like, where'd she go? Well, she saw something. <laughs> I know. Now, before, like early on, he'd be like, what'd you just put in the basket? Now you don't even ask. I don't just, ask. Like, we just get up there and we're checking out and it's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> sure. If it's mostly sweet, like, I don't know. I've never been a big like sweets eater. Um, and now it is definitely a part of my daily thing, which I, ha- I hate it because I, I don't want to know the joy that it brings yeah. in normal life because I'm, I'm going to have to quit that again. But for now, I'm I'm enjoying it. But there are some weird... People crave weird things. I was going to say, what are like, uh, like, when you think about some of your friends that are pregnant and stuff, like what are some of the weird cravings that they've had? Yeah, well, a lot of people have like aversions, which are things that you don't like. And, oh, really? Um, oh, yours has been hamburgers. Yeah, I haven't been able to eat cheeseburgers. You used to love so them. So sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, did. I did. I love cheeseburgers. But um, yeah, I can't, I can't even look at them right now. But there are people, like I was reading... And I've even had friends who have you heard of pica? Nope. It's it's like you you crave like the earth like dirt, like you what? you like have to eat dirt. My mom actually is a great example. What I know, my mom isn't pica necessarily. Shut the but front door. I do not believe this. It's true, you ladies. Crave dirt. Yes. Eating dirt. I yeah, I think so. It's just like that's I, you just you need something that's of the earth. Again, I'm no scientist. I don't Not know. a worm. But I don't. I don't think it's so. Of the earth. My mom craved like this root, like she wanted roots 
of things. Like of a bush? I, <laughs> Like there's a boxwood man. I want to taste those roots. <laughs> no, she was like going through the grocery store, and there was this thing. It was a root, and I think normally you like I don't know if you use it for like shaving it up and putting it on a dish, but she ate it like a carrot. She walked by the time. Tree, so like, kind of oh my gosh, gotta try that mm-hmm. root. Um, <laughs> I was looking up some random ones the other day. Uh, Colby Jack cheese and lemonade together. Like oh. she had to put the cheese in the lemonade Ugh. and eat it. <laughs> this one's gross. Peanut butter on bologna. I don't Ugh. like bologna in general. There is nothing you could put on bologna to make me want a piece of bologna. This, yeah, uh, tomato soup with M&Ms in it. Ugh. Isn't that weird? Uh, my middle son likes yogurt with M&Ms in it. I know. Well, that's normal. Oh. Tomato soup, which is like a... a Fruit, but I guess tomato is a fruit. But then you add chocolate. Ugh. Anyway, That's disgusting. Burnt popcorn with strawberry milk. I'll tell you what. I like burnt popcorn with a lot of salt and butter. You you like anything with a lot of salt and butter? I, I could I, I could take a root from a boxwood outside and nope, you would eat not, it. With I'm not a lot down of salt with the roots. I'm not. That is weird stuff right there. I'm not weird. doing that. No, I'm glad I don't have any weird cravings. However, I do wish I was like craving like Mexican and China. I, I always love those things, but yeah. I wish I could just at the drop of a hat be like Pete. Gotta go get Mexican. Me too. Sorry. I, I, me too. Because I would be down with that. Hey, I I'll fake. I'll so fake I a, be like, a oh, craving yeah, any day. I have to do it for her. It's her mm-hmm. love language. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I think you're doing awesome. And Thank you. how many weeks away are we? Um, not many. Like fifteen or sixteen. Holy moly! I know. I can't. It's wild. I cannot wait to meet this. You're watching girl. on YouTube. You're just watching my yeah, <laughs> midsection it's it's grow. Great. It's you can't see it well when I'm YouTube. sitting down, but when I'm standing, it's Can we it stand is stand up. Give us a profile. No, oh, okay. no. You got to follow me on Instagram to see that that nonsense. All right. Well, we're going to talk about I quit assumptions today. Yeah. I love this. I stumbled on. I can't remember how I heard about this guy. I think it was on a podcast, maybe. But he wrote a book. His name's Adam Grant. I really don't know much about him, but he wrote a book called Think Again. And I love the premise. I'm I'm reading it right now. And the premise of the book, essentially, what Adam puts out there is it's important to think and learn, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that. You grow up, you think, and then you learn. But he says it's equally as important to rethink and unlearn. And that Rethink and unlearn. Yeah, I was like, whoa, wow. So like he's, he's basically saying there's some things in life, and this makes total sense to me, that we need to think about, we need to rethink this, and we actually need to unlearn something that we think we've learned. So, and he says this is much harder than you would imagine. That yeah. some psychologists point out the fact that we prefer the ease of just hanging on to older views over the difficulty of grappling with new ones. Right. And that, I guess, in essence, to some degree, our brains are a little bit lazy in that way. Mm-hmm. And once you've learned something, you just want to kind of stick with that. And questioning ourselves makes the world more unpredictable right it requires us to admit the facts may have changed that what we once thought was right is maybe possibly wrong and reconsidering something especially something that we think deeply about like that we believe deeply rethinking that can actually threaten our identity and Mm -hmm. and make us feel like we're losing a part of ourselves. and he wrote this i thought this was great here's a quote right from the book he said we favor the comfort of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. And we let our beliefs get brittle long before our bones. We laugh at people who still use Windows 95, yet we still cling to the opinions that we formed in 1995. Mm-hmm. We, listen, uh, we listen to views that make us feel good instead of ideas that make us think hard. That's good. And I was like, oh, that's so true. Like We do that in every, we do that with our social media. 
where we just follow people who think like us, mm-hmm. believe like us. We do that now with news networks that mm-hmm. kind of fit our preference. Like this is you do so, that with friends. Absolutely, like we listen to views that make us feel good instead of ideas that make us think hard. Mm-hmm. And he said that there's an actual uh, cycle, if you will, to rethinking. He calls it the rethinking cycle. And he says it starts with humility, which makes complete sense. Yeah. You have to be at a place where you can be okay to not know. You have to be humble enough to admit that may- maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I might be wrong about this, right? Uh, it starts with humility, then doubt, which makes sense, then curiosity, then discovery. Mm-hmm. And I love that cycle. It's humility, it's doubt, it's curiosity, it's discovery. And I thought, I just thought it'd be really interesting if we kind of dove in today to curiosity, because I think that's that's a big one. I'm going to make the assumption that a lot of you are already humble. You're at a place where you could say, yeah, I, I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong about that. There are probably some things that, as difficult as as it would be, I probably need to rethink some things in my life. Um but this curiosity thing, I, I, I love the idea of curiosity. So I just thought, let's talk about how to be a more curious person. And I got mm-hmm. six tips that are essentially six tips of becoming a lifelong learner. Yeah. I, I think curiosity is not something that you know you crave until you have been curious. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, I don't know. I just, I know seasons of my life where I can vividly remember that was a very curious season of my life or maybe I was really inspired I was in a job that like really kind of lit a fire in my brain and until you live in that like curious 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 like uh, mindset Mm -hmm. you don't really know what you're missing right and so I I think you might hear this and be like I'm curious enough but I think if you listen to it with a sense of like how can I become how can I instill this um, it is definitely something that is life-changing yeah. in every way. I think curiosity is super sexy. Like, for me, that was probably one of the biggest things that initially attracted me to you when we started dating was your curiosity about life. Just, I mean, I, I, I just for me, that's a very uh, attractive quality in a person, somebody who's just curious, who wants to learn. Yeah, I, th- I think you liked it for a second, and then you're like, I don't know, Jordan. It's <laughs> like, Pete, what do you think about this? Or why is that a tree oh, like that? Yeah, there's times your questions can become, like, especially in <laughs> movies. It's like, can we just watch the movie? Like, if you didn't catch it, you didn't catch it. That's Let's not curiosity. On. That's just laziness. Yeah, all right. So six tips for becoming a lifelong learner, how to become a more curious person. Number one is ask every question. Yep. There you go. Ask every question. Life's full of like all these knowledge gaps for all of us. And it's better to work through knowledge gaps by asking questions. I love, again, we just, I love being around people who ask questions because mm-hmm. that shows me that, again, it's that humility is a big part of curiosity, right? Because you have to be humble enough to admit that you don't know everything mm-hmm. in order to be curious about it to find out more. Right. And I just love that. And I think, you know, think about... For those of you who have little kids, like you're yeah. like, don't ask every question because they ask so many questions, right? When you're a kid, it's like, you know, what's that, uh, son? That that's a bird. Well, what's it doing? It's flying. Well, how's it flying, Dad? Well, it, be, it, it, ha- it has wings. Well, what's a wing? Like it goes on, and everything is a question because they're yeah. learning, and something happens. I think to all of us along the way. Where in our development, we learn somehow, we're taught 
that maybe asking questions is impolite. Like, don't ask so many questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember hearing that as a kid. Don't ask so many questions. Like, shh. Right. Uh, or, or we also learn, I think we learn this in school, that question, asking questions makes you, makes you look dumb. Right. You get laughed at for asking questions. This is one of my biggest problems that I have with the traditional educational system because I feel like for the most part, my time in school, what I was taught, what I learned was not to, don't disagree with the teacher or point out any inconsistencies, right? Uh, not to ask questions beyond what's being taught, not to admit when you're lost, to look like you understand every word the teacher's saying, even if you don't understand what they're saying, to study or learn in order to just pass an exam, not to really gain new knowledge. Like, in so many ways, I think our questions are suppressed through a traditional educational system. Yeah, that's true. And that's true, like, when you're learning things about, like, a subject matter. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, questions are often suppressed when when we're talking to people, too, right? Like. Yep. It's we just make assumptions like we just know we just know oh okay this is your the stamp that you have on your forehead so I'm just gonna assume I know all the answers to every question I could possibly have so yep. yeah I think asking questions is is a really endearing quality you know yeah yep. I can think of people in my life that are question askers and I love them because they're yeah. just they're so interesting and you feel heard and you feel like they just have a zeal for life yep for sure yeah second tip uh, go to people not Google. <laughs> and I love this because we're, I think maybe our first episode ever we talked about Google, didn't we? We read off the list of things that we had Googled. Uh, yeah, the top. Uh, or read into Alexa. And, yeah. I, you know, I get it. That's fun. We do that from time to time. But I, I think that there's a, a limitation of that. You know, Google, Alexa, whatever gives you this one sentence answer, uh, yeah. you know, answering whatever question it is you asked. But it stops right there. It's like, here's the answer. Done. I think that uh, there's a dynamic that happens when you interact with others with your curiosity and your questions. People inspire you. People trigger thoughts and actions and inspire curiosity. It's a, it's a dynamic process of questioning and creating and investigating. And it's just inspired when we come up against others who are also trying to experience the world. Yeah. So I think it's okay to ask Google, but I think it's a lot better to sit around with a group of people and say, what do you think about this? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, once I we started dating and I started meeting some of your friends and we started growing like a mutual friend base, I love the friends that we have for that reason. Yeah. You know, like it, when you put people in your life that are good to sit around and ask questions and like talk through things and, and dive into things. It it just creates such a deep, deep connection. And, um, I'm so grateful for the friendships that we have for that. Yeah, me too. I really am. All right. Third tip. Uh, it's a hard one. Listen without judgment. Mm -hmm. He, uh, (laughs) Adam Grant wrote this too in the book. Uh, I love this. He says, as we think and talk, we often slip into the mindsets of three different professions, right? He says, the preacher, prosecutor, and politician, which sounds like a joke, like a preacher, a politician, yeah, and a prosecutor walking to a bar. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he says, so preacher, pros- prosecutor, and politician, in each of these modes, we take on particular identity and use a distinct set of tools. So he writes this, we go into preacher mode when, we are, uh, when our sacred beliefs are in jeopardy. We deliver sermons to protect and promote our ideals. We enter prosecu- 
prosecutor mode when we recognize flaws in other people's reasoning. We marshal arguments to prove them wrong and win our case. And then he says we shift into politician mode when we're seeking to win over an audience. We campaign and lobby for the approval of mm-hmm. our constituents. Mm-hmm. And he says that the risk is that we become so wrapped up in preaching right, that we're right and prosecuting others who are wrong and politicking for support that we don't bother to rethink our own views. And curious people, right, are the kind of people who can sit back and just listen. Mm -hmm. They don't go into preacher mode. They don't go into prosecutor mode. They don't go into politician mode. They can just sit there and listen, right, just hear you out. And I think that's what makes curious curious people. I said it earlier, curious people are sexy, but curious people are so interesting because mm-hmm. of that. They just listen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's super rare in life to listen to somebody around a topic that you have an opinion on without listening for the sake of responding. Yeah. You know, I think that's yep. it's almost that's just how we're wired for conversation, right? But I think Whenever you can just listen and to understand instead of listen to respond, I think that's just such a interesting shift. Yeah, and, and hard. Yeah, and all those roles in the preacher, the prosecutor, and the politician. While the other person's talking, you're thinking about your rebuttal. Yeah, you're thinking about how you can prove them wrong. You're thinking about how you can win them over. And you're right. You you're, you just don't listen and hear what it is they have to say. I'm bad about that with you sometimes. You know, when we're in an argument or something oh, really? like that. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am too. I think anybody is, especially yeah. in an argument. There's just no, I'm not going to sit there and take it and soak it in. <laughs> I'm not going to take that. <laughs> I'm just that. kidding. All right. Fourth tip. Uh, I love this one. Embrace the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, research so, shows that surprise can actually drive our motivation to learn. So embrace the unexpected and celebrate whatever the outcome is. And... I think a lot of people are afraid of new places and new flavors and new people and new experiences, but oftentimes it's those unexpected things that trigger a chain reaction, both positive and negative, right, that you can learn from and formulate questions based on it. Mm -hmm. So I say go ahead and book the plane ticket, go on the blind date, say yes to the chef special at the restaurant even though you can't pronounce it, right? (laughs) In in essence, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, my thing is be a tourist yeah. about all of life. And I saw this for years. I've, I've grown up and lived in Nashville my whole life. And uh, especially at different times, I, I've had friends that moved here. And, you know, you'd meet them right after they moved here and kind of strike up a friendship. And a couple weeks later, they'd be telling you about this restaurant they went to. And they'd be like, hey, have you ever been to this restaurant? I'm like, no, never even heard of that restaurant. Two weeks later, hey, have you ever been to this park? This park's amazing. I'm like, I've never heard of that park. I've never seen that park. And what, I, what I've seen over the years are people who move to Nashville and kind of treat it as being tourists, and they learn, and they read about the hot spot, the hot restaurant, the this, the that. I, they knew cooler things about Nashville than I knew about <laughs> yeah. Nashville, and I've been here my whole life. Right. And I think there's a way that you, know, you can just get so used to your surroundings, so used to what you believe, so used to what you're comfortable with, that you miss all these new things mm-hmm. that are popping up all over in life. And so treat all of life as a tourist. That's so good. It reminds me of, like I think, some of the most um, curious people and accepting people are people who've traveled. Yes. You know, that's such a... I'm kind yep. of taking a left turn here, but the people who have gone and seen other cultures and like uh-huh. seen different um, governments and seen different ways of life, like you just have such a different 
arena for thinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of goes alongside that, but I, I, do, I do think, you know, that whole, uh, living in that unexpected tense leads to a richer life. Yeah. Right. Like if you're sure. just kind of curious in all of your decisions, I think it's, a, it would just be such a, I, I have great friends who live that way and they have such a beautiful, rich experience in their yeah. lives. I've done that with food. I, yes, you have. I'd lately. say over the past two years, I've gotten to, if somebody comes up to me and says, Pete, you have to try this. <laughs> I don't care what it is. I will try anything once. Yeah. And yeah. I've actually found a lot of different foods that I like that I didn't use. To, you're not curious <laughs> when say, it comes to food. I didn't say I was. I'm not making that stance. It drives me nuts though because sometimes <laughs> I taste something. I'm like, Jordan, you have to try this. She's like, nope. I'm like, just try it one time. It's not going to kill you. It could though. It could. <laughs> yeah, it could. It could. All right, number five, <laughs> fifth tip. Don't just focus on puzzles, but on mysteries. Mm-hmm. I love this. All right, there's a guy by the name of Gregory Treverton, and he talks about, he made a very important, I think, distinction between puzzles and mysteries. He says, puzzles have definite answers, and once the missing information is found, it's not a puzzle anymore. And the frustration that you felt when you were searching for the answer is replaced with satisfaction. So that's what a puzzle is. A puzzle you're working towards filling in that last missing piece where you see exactly what the picture mm-hmm. is. No question about it, right? But he says mysteries are murkier. They're less neat. They pose questions that can't be answered definite, definitively because they are factor, there are factors that are both known and unknown. That's the difference between a puzzle and a mystery. Most of us are drawn towards puzzles. We want to chase things, think about things, talk about things, debate things. That, that have an answer. That have an answer, that have a missing piece. It makes us feel validated. It makes mm-hmm. us feel confident. But when we focus just on the puzzles and not sometimes on the mysteries, I think we're missing out because there are some wonderful life-giving, conversation-enhancing mysteries all around us. So I, I just, I don't know, there's something about that. I'm like, yeah, I, I can see how in my life I'm drawn towards puzzles i've treated a lot here's the other thing it's not just being drawn towards puzzles it's treating things in life like puzzles like even my own personal faith i think at times i've tried to treat as a puzzle it's something where it was possible for me to discover all the answers to check off all the boxes and i think for me over time what i've discovered is my faith while there are pieces to it it they're, all the pieces don't exist. Not, not this side of heaven, they don't. Yeah. And I've had to treat my faith as more of a mystery than a puzzle mm-hmm. in order for me to find you know, true meaning and purpose in it. It's good. Does that make sense? Very true. Yep. And I think a lot of people would be lying to themselves if they didn't probably say yeah. they're in the same place. Yeah. So maybe you just think about this. Where in your life are you treating something like a puzzle when actually it's a mystery? It's good. I like it. Okay, sixth one. This is my favorite one. Do things you don't know how to do. Yes, which we have done a lot of in this past year. We really have. Still don't know. You know the first thing, this hit me, I was thinking about this, do things you don't know how to do. When I was in seventh grade, I learned how to juggle. And I had this guy teach me. I didn't know how to juggle at all. I literally watched, I was watching him juggle in his front yard, and I just stood there mesmerized. He's like, you want to learn how to do this? And I was like, Sure. <laughs> and he taught me, and I actually was pretty darn good at it. And, you know, ended up being able to juggle fire and bowling balls and machetes. You're on and TV for juggle it. Juggle three <laughs> things and four things and five things and six things. And, like, and it's, 
and it's kind of started this curiosity for me. And so then next I took guitar lessons. That didn't go so well. And then in college, I started getting into gardening. And this old woman at my church gave me this book called The Guide to Gardening in Kentucky. It's a paper book. I still have it to this day. It mesmerized me. And I followed it to a T. And I grew some beautiful gardens. And then I got into golfing. And I loved playing golf and fly fishing. Then I got into blogging. And while I was blogging, I was decent at it I guess and it landed me a book contract I ended up writing four books all because I started to learn how to blog Mm -hmm. and then I learned to lasso what (laughs) I did a guy by the name of Kenny Sanderford taught me how to lasso it was pretty amazing and then I got into deer hunting and then you know for a while I kept bees and I was doing the bee thing my whole point is this learning to do things you don't know how to do like breathes passion into your life and curiosity in your life that's true and, and you're one of the most curious people I know. But try something. Like, what's something right now that you're like, if I had all the time in the world and, like, could do anything, what's, what's something new you want to learn? A hobby, an activity, uh, something. Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I really love to create things. I like to make things. I like to take something that doesn't exist and create something. So... I don't know. For a long time, I've like wanted to paint, and I don't know if you remember. Like two years ago, I got into painting clouds. Yeah, <laughs> which I've seen some so of those uh, cloud pictures Hush. out in the, garage. in the garage still. But yeah, I don't know. Probably just something in that arena, painting maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you've got to like the work to get to where I want to be in that in that arena is where. Yeah. You know, you, the curiosity is the first step, and then it's the work. You know what I've been feeling a draw towards lately? What? Scuba diving. Oh Lord, have mercy. We don't even live next to ocean. I know, but think about this. I could find a lake. You can do it in a lake. Like that would open up a whole new world of curiosity into a space I've never been really been able to explore. Go for it. I'm just saying, like, that might be the next thing. (laughs) Okay. Do things you don't know how to do. Hey, and if you try something you've never tried before, pick up a new hobby or something, study a subject you've never, you know, studied. Maybe you're going to learn to cook. Maybe, you know, I don't know, you're going to learn a new language. You're going to pick up an instrument. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. Scuba diving? Yeah, or if you can scuba dive, let me know. Let me know. Hit me up. Yeah, so that's it. I I love it. I love the the heartbeat and the um, energy behind it. It's really good. We got to quit assumptions. We got to become more curious as people. I Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things that we need to rethink and unlearn. Make a richer life for sure. Um, Well, thank you. That was really good. I'm inspired to go do something new. Go learn. I'm probably not going to scuba dive in the next four months, but that's okay. You can do it. I trust you. I believe in you. you. Um, Hey, guys, share this um, if you enjoyed it. Like I said, there's weeks one and two of the I Quit series, and we're still going after this week. So um, I hope you're enjoying it. And again, as always, uh, rate, subscribe. That would be amazing. Please do. Yes. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. When you guys share this with other people, I love it. I see, on, you know, on the Instagram stories, people do that, and I love it. Yes, yeah, the sharing of the episodes. Yeah. We love, we see them all. Thank you so yeah. much. It means, it means the world to us. All right, until we talk next time, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace.